0: Okay, so we are now beginning Friday's portion of Ahremos Kodesh, which again means we are exclusively now, of course, in Parshas Kedoshim. We are in chapter 19. We are up to verse 33. And if a convert lives in your land, don't harass him. Don't afflict him. Rashi explains what do we mean by don't harm him don't harass him it means by verbal harassment meaning don't say to him oh in the past you were an idolater and now you're learning to Torah which was given by the mouth of God the convert who dwells with you should be like a native among you you shall love him like yourself for you have been strangers in the land of Egypt I am God your God So Rashi comments on this. Why are we bringing out that we were strangers in Egypt? Because you have this imperfection yourself. So what are you taunting somebody else with a flaw that you share in common with him? Now the verse ends, I am God, your God. The your here is in plural. So therefore Rashi says, I'm your God and I'm his God. In other words, this is the rationale for the prohibition against taunting the convert. God is as much his God as he's your God. You shall not do wrong in justice, in measurement, in weight, or in misurah, which Rashi explains means um, a volume of liquid. So Rashi says this idea of judgment here, it can't be addressed to being a judge, of course. Of course, there are lots of laws about a judge being a fair judge, because we already said that. We spoke about that yesterday. Don't do wrong injustice. So, what do we mean by don't do wrong injustice? It's not the judge of a judge in a court case. It's the judgment, meaning you're the judge calculating measurements of weight, of volume. And the person who measures for selling something is called a judge. So, if he lied in measurement, he's like one who's perverting judgment. He's called a wrongdoer, hateful, repulsive, banned, and abomination. And he causes five horrific things to happen. Just like the judge who perverts judgment causes these five things to happen, the person who's weighing things for a sale and perverts the, the correct measurement is just like this judge perverting judgment. He contaminates the land, he profanes the name of God, causes God's divine presence to depart. causes Israel to fall by the sword of their enemies, and he causes Israel to be from their land. But we see an enormous amount of consequence We're not properly weighing and measuring for this dishonesty. So a measurement means measuring the area or the length of land. And weight means weighing an object, how much it weighs. It doesn't mean in the weights with which you weigh the object. It means in weighing the object, the weight. A masura means the measurement of the volume of liquid or or we have parenthetically here or something that's dry. Continuing, you have correct scales, correct stones, a correct apha, correct pin. These are different measurements. I am God, your God, who brought you forth from the land of Egypt. The correct stones means these are your weights. Now we're talking about the weights. And the weights themselves have to be correct. An apha is a measurement of dry, a hin is a measurement of liquid. I took you out of Mithraim. So Raj is saying, on this condition that you keep honest weights and measures, I took you out. Or, another way of understanding this, when I was a Mithrayim, I distinguish between the drop that caused the conception of a firstborn and the drop, which was not the cause of conception of firstborn because the firstborn children were killed and nobody else was. So the same way I could very carefully measure and distinguish these drops, whether this child firstborn or not, I can be trusted to punish someone who's storing his weights in salt to cheat people. So what does this mean, he's storing his weights in salt to treat people? So there's, there's two different versions on what happens when you put your weights in salt. I guess different types of salt or different conditions cause these two different things to happen. Because this is, this is not philosophy, it's, it's very practical. So according to Rashi, Rashi follows in the Gemara, with Rabbeinu Gershom says, that if you put your weights in salt, the weights absorb some of the salt, which means they make them heavier. So if you're a buyer and you're presenting your five-pound weight, Your five-pound weight is actually by now five and a half pounds because you stored it in salt, so you get more for your money. You're being dishonest. According to others, um, like Rabinu Tam, salt has the opposite effect, and if you store your weight in salt, the salt eats away at the weight and makes it lighter. So then if I was the seller, I would have an advantage because a person's buying from me five pounds of potatoes, but my weight is lighter, so they're not getting five pounds of potatoes, they're getting four and a half pounds of potatoes. So I'm cheating them because of the salt, and they're getting less. So according to Rashi, this, this phrase, this warning against you putting your weights in salt is directed to the buyer, that he's pulling out the weights. And according to Revener Tom, and that perspective, it would be directed to the seller, which seems maybe in our heads like a little more Logical that the seller has the weights and not the buyers. In those days, buyers came around with their weight. And, um, in either case, again, the salt is allowing you to cheat on the weight. And we're saying in these verses that cheating on the weight is such a horrible crime. It's spreading, you know, it's this very minor and therefore not minor, but I don't know if social success is the right way to put it, but that we we, we think it's okay. So we're, we're not going to feel like we're a horrible person if we're not so honest in measuring when we're selling or buying something. But this is such dishonesty that look, literally Rashi is saying because of the situation we exiled from their land, which sort of shows us that sometimes we do something wrong, and we know it's wrong, but we don't think it's that wrong. Our evil inclination has convinced us it's not that wrong, and we don't understand the consequences. We suffer because of these transcriptions. God spoke to Moses, saying, and to the children of Israel, you shall say, any man from the children of Israel and from the converts who live with Israel, who shall give of his seed to Moloch, shall be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. So this is a punishment for these negative commandments that we mentioned before. And if a person is going to give any of his descendants to the Melech, has already been learned many times, the Moloch was a very popular idolatry of that day where they built these two pillars, two fire fires, and they would take children, and could also take adults, but they would calmly take children and pass them between the fires, either depending on different understandings, either the child is burnt alive or the child was killed before he's burnt by these fires. But it was a horrific thing of child sacrifice. And unfortunately it was very done. So someone who does this shall be put to death by the court. And if a court doesn't have that power, meaning if a sinner is this powerful and violent person who's going to threaten the lives of the court if they attempt to execute him, then the people should help. Um, Now, the people here are called the people of the land. The Rashi says, why are they called the people of the land? He gives two explanations. One is, they're the people on whose account the land, the world, was created. Or... They're the people who are destined to inherit the land, because they're going to keep these commandments. So, according to the first interpretation, the land means the world. These are the people in whose merit the world was created. According to the second interpretation, it means the world to come. They're going to inherit the world, the world to come, through these commandments. I shall check my face at that man and I shall cut him off from his people for he has given of his offspring to the Mo'lah, and defiled defiled that which is sacred to me and to desecrate my holy name. Rashi says, as we see many times with this phrase, I'm directing my face, panai in Hebrew, sounds exactly the same as the word panai because there's an olive inside of it that's silent. It's spelled differently but it sounds exactly the same, peinon painon peinon aleph yud, which means my attention. I'm going to turn, so to speak, from all my other concerns, and deal with this person, focus on this person, and punish him. That person, not the whole community, the entire community would not be cut off. In other words, if one person is serving this idolatry of Melech, the whole community does not get punished, but the person who serves it does. Because he has given his, from his offspring to Malach, Um that's, now, the word offspring is a more generic word. Previously, when we spoke with Amalekh, we spoke of someone who had his. the verse that his son or daughter passed through the fire. Here it says offspring to imply it's not only your son or your daughter, it comes be your grandchild. Um, it could be also children born of unions prohibited, like a uh, child born of a union prohibited to a Kohen, or a mom there, a child born of an incestuous or adulterous union, any of these children is prohibited to be killed through this child sacrifice of the Layla. So it says, if you're doing this, you're defiling that which is sacred to me, which means you're defiling the Jewish people, that they're sacred to me. That's what you're defiling if you serve.